Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of your favorite AMA slash advice podcast, Ask Alaska. I'm your host, Alaska, and let's get to the questions. This week we got a, a few few horror movie related questions, which I think is appropriate because we are heading into Halloween. Uh, it's Halloween weekend, spooky time of year. Uh, so let's jump into them. The first two questions are going to be Halloween related. The theme music, um, as you probably know, is uh, from the great, great movie franchise, Friday the 13th. I will accept no slander of Friday the 13th in my timeline. And uh, yeah, so the first question comes from our good friend, on Twitter, C4X, and C4X wants to know, wants me to say one nice thing about Halloween Ends. So, um, Halloween Ends came out recently, and it left me really frustrated um, because the first two thirds of the movie were really, really good and really interesting. Um, and that portion of the movie probably could have been like the sort of theme, overall theme of this trilogy, and it would have been a much better trilogy. Uh, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, so I won't talk much about what's going on, but I really enjoyed where this movie was going, and I was into it. I was riveted. Um, you know, I saw the reviews that it, this movie sucked. I was like, what are these people talking about? This movie's fantastic. And then we got into the legacy stuff, the stuff, the Michael versus Lori that's been rehashed a thousand times, probably should have been put to rest with Halloween H2O, which was a really good ending for the two of them. Um, but when it got to that part, it was fucking awful. It was just a disappointing ending to everything, to this great movie that they put together, this really well-told story, interesting characters, um, really good sort of like building on a lot of the themes throughout the the trilogy, not the trilogy, the whole series even, like, you know, sort of how evil and fear are infectious, and it really did a great job building on that, only to be brought to this sort of like heavy-handed conclusion that just sucked. I mean, by the very end of it, I was laughing out loud in the theater, like with disbelief at how shitty the end of that movie was. And it's a bummer because they had something really cool. Um, the The character of Corey Cunningham was really interesting. The kid that played him was knocked it out of the box. So, I mean, I definitely recommend going, not going, watch it on Peacock. It's free. I mean, if you have Peacock or you could do the free trial of Peacock, whatever, whatever. But um, do that and I think you will enjoy it much more and and leave once the Corey Cunningham section of the movie ends. Don't even watch the end. You don't need to see what happens with Laurie and Michael because nobody cares. It's, it's ass. So thank you for your question, C4X. The next question comes from Timmy Turnips. And, oh, sorry, not Timmy Turnips. The next question comes from tweets van zant and uh tweets wants to know some good horror movie recommendations um so you know i would definitely recommend if you're not into horror getting in with some of the classics of the genre like um i always think that the first four friday the 13th movies are really 
I still find them scary to this day. I think like they're they're pretty scary, well done movies. The first one's a real whodunit, and then even the second one's a bit of a whodunit, and then you know you really get into like three and four, and that's when the Jason Jason lore really starts building up. Um, but but that series of movies is goddamn terrifying. Um, you could always you can't go wrong with the original Halloween. You can't go wrong with Psycho. Um, the the Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead movies like that whole original trilogy is really cool. Um, those are real good like sort of gateways into sorts of the styles of movies that you have. Um, for some newer fare, I would recommend. Uh, I really liked Hell House LLC. I thought that that was an incredibly frightening movie. Um, it's still like if I'm if I'm like in a house that has a basement. I'm not watching that movie because it, it like freaks me out that much. Um, what else? Um, I liked I'm trying to think of stuff I've seen recently. That was really good. X was phenomenal. Um, that was a really good recent movie and a really good, uh, interesting character. I haven't seen Pearl yet. I need to watch that. Uh, shout out to the homie, um, crate 808 for getting me excited to see that again. Um, what else is really good? Um, I watched a movie called Sissy recently that I thought was pretty good. It's on Shudder. Uh, also, Superhost were both fun. Um, there's a lot of fun horror movies that are just like manic, crazy energy um, that I think people just think it has to be like ghost or scare. Like good uh, horror comedies are fun, like uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Um, there's one called like something about Leslie Leslie Jordan, I think it is. And that's really fun. It's like a mockumentary about um, a slasher that's trying to become famous and being in the big leagues. I like the whole hatchet uh, Victor Crowley trilogy. I'm very into slashers. So that's that's my genre of choice. I don't really like any demon stuff. Uh, and I think it's because I'm an atheist and the idea of demons just doesn't scare me. Because uh, they're make-believe as opposed to supernatural slashers who are completely real and within the realm of possibility. So, you know, you got that stuff there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would start with that. Like, start with some of the, the classics. Build your build up your chops. Get into it. Uh, and eventually, you'll get to the point where you could watch Terrifier and Terrifier 2, which are the best modern horrors that we've had um as far as i'm concerned nothing's touching them uh, oh also watch the original chainsaw texas chainsaw massacre um it's a horribly disturbing movie but the one thing that is surprising is there's almost no gore in that movie um it's just it really ramps up the tension and and gets you feeling uncomfortable and uneasy so those would be my recommendations so now let's get to Timmy Turnup. Uh, Timmy, shout out to you. Uh, and Timmy asks, or, you know, sort of states, um, I'd love to hear you talk about Lodeck. The guy is dope, but seemingly overlooked. He maintains a lot of mystique and doesn't get talked about enough. The song Rude you did with him on the Bash at EP is ridiculous. Uh, and I'm wondering what it was like working with him. So Lodeck, Lodeck is an interesting character. He is an amazing MC, like one of the, the best out of that, like New York underground era. Um, but he remained very low key. Like he wasn't out and about all that much. Um, he was a dude that had universal respect because of how talented he was. Um, but he was also a weirdo. I mean, we all were weirdos, but <laughs> I think maybe Lodeck might've been the weirdoest out of all of us. 
Um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but you know, I always enjoyed being around low deck. I always found low deck to be fun, but I, I think low deck had his, his own world that he lived in. And, um, a lot of times that world didn't necessarily mix with the, the larger scene. Um, you know, I think the dude was one of the most talented people I've ever met. Uh, he was fun to work with. He was intimidating to work with because of how good of a writer he was, but that always made you step up your game and really like come as hard as you possibly could. Um, and you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Lodek probably in the last time I saw Lodek, he came to the hangar 18, um, feet to feet video shoot. And if you've seen that video, uh, everybody in the video is wearing a Hangar 18 shirt. That was like part of the the theme. We were like building our own world around us, I guess. And like, you know, we had these sort of shirts that were very old school block letters, Hangar 18, that we sold and we had them printed up in like 15 different colors. And we had probably about 30 people in the video shoot and everybody had the shirt on. And Lodex showed up and he was like, I tried to give him a shirt and he was like, no, nah, I want to wear my Lodex shirt. I was like, well, you know, the theme of the video obviously is the Hangar 18 shirts. Like, that's part of it. Um, so you got to wear the Hangar 18 shirt. He's like, I can't wear my low deck shirt. I was like, nah, unfortunately, you got to do this. He's like, all right, I'm out. So <laughs> that gives you an idea of low deck. Like, he's very, like, singular and focused. Um, but last I heard, he was living out in Vegas. But, um, yeah, I've, I've lost all contact with him. I think he was a great dude. I really liked him. Um, I liked hanging out with him and talking with him. He was, he was, he was a cool dude. And he was like, he was a one of one. He was one of those people that was really just fantastically great. So let's, uh, let's hit our first commercial break and, uh, we'll be back soon. Jason is back three times before. Sorry to change your mind. You have felt the terror, known the madness, lived the horror, but this is the one you've been screaming for. Because Friday, April 13th, will be Jason's unlucky day. Friday the 13th, the final chapter, rated R. Now showing at a theater near you. Hey, all right, welcome back. So we have uh, our next question is a second one from Tweets Van Zant. And Tweets wants to know, um, as an artist, how do you prevent yourself from becoming calcified in your musical's tastes? Uh you know, he has to actively work against it. He's 45 and refuses to uh, subscribe to golden era BS, even though on some level uh, that's still the measure he uses with with his his work. So for me, um, I tend to not really listen to all that much in the genre that I, I perform in. So I perform in hip hop. Um I don't listen to that much hip hop anymore. And it's not because of not liking hip hop. I actually think hip hop's really good right now. We're in like one of the best errors. Um, but I find that the more I listen to it, the more I sort of avoid, not avoid, but I accidentally incorporate the things that I really like from other artists into my work and not in a good way. Like, um, you know, I think when you're coming up, you do that, but, um, I start writing like the artist I'm listening to and, and I don't like that. So I'll usually listen to, I listen to a lot of new stuff. I honestly listen to more new stuff than I do old stuff. Um, but I, I tend to listen to it once or twice and then I just sort of go, I'll listen to jazz. I'll listen to like different soul and funk records. I'll listen to different metal records. I'll listen to like 
different areas of music that that still move me and i think this helps me with finding different topics of conversation to bring into the fold um it also helps with phrasing uh the way that you sort of put your your words together um and it helps a lot with choruses like um you know, I have a 12 year old who's really into pop music. Um, and my wife is into old, like eighties, new wave synth pop stuff. So I hear a lot of that stuff coming in and that's music that I never really listened to before. So in a lot of ways, hearing that stuff opens up ideas and structure that I never considered when I was only listening to hip hop. And I think having those broader tastes really helps you to, to keep creativity. And, and the other thing I found that is really helpful is just reading a lot. Like, you know, the more you're immersing yourself in words in general, um, the more likely you are to, to expand, uh, the way you use your words. So I don't know if you're, you know, if that answers your question, but I, I think just being open to all inputs is really helpful as opposed to like, being stuck with one type of music that you listen to or one error. You just have to really be open to it all and let things come in and, and not really care where it's coming from. Like I used to be like real, like fuck pop music, but now I'm like, this shit is, is good. Like there's really cool things in there that you could take from it and you could build around. So that, that would be my recommendation. Just like go into everything with a bit of an open mind. Um, and, and I think it'll really help you expand. So Unfettered Dad has the next question and uh, Unfettered wants to know, what hip hop should I get my kids into next? They've been mostly listening to Ace for the past couple years with a little bit of old school, like Tribe, for example, mixed in. What would you recommend for a 13 year old who's really interested in the genre? Um, this is tough because, I mean, I have a 13 year old and... Well, soon to be 13 year old. And, you know, I've tried to get her into hip hop uh, or just other music. Like I know, like I find she likes, like I said, she likes a lot of pop music. She's really into Taylor Swift, like that type of thing. So like, you know, I find like there's a song that she listens to that sounds like a Mazzy Star song. So I'm like, oh, listen to this Mazzy Star record. This is where she's lifting that from, um, you know, things like that. But she doesn't necessarily want that. And I think as your kids get older, they're going to be less looking to you for advice. So I think the best thing that you could do is just play shit around the house. Like let it sort of slip into their mind almost subconsciously. Um, if they ask for recommendations, then yeah, think of some things. But but my recommendation would be like, just have some playlists where you play different things or some, you know, different like records that you kind of keep on rotation that you think that they might dig that might work their way into their subconscious. If they're asking for direct like recommendations and they're really into ACE and they like some of like the older school stuff, um, you know, you could always go into like somebody like MERS, like that MERS Ninth Wonder record is really good. Uh, and it's a nice combination of, of the two things. I think Fonte uh, would be a great listen um, because dude is like so goddamn nice on the mic. And, um, you know, he has sort of that older school element, like whereas Ace is just like kind of super lyrical and very like underground sounding. Um, Fonte is more accessible, I think, to people who are into like older school stuff, but he's also like unfuckwittable on the mic. Um, 
you could look at, geez, um, I think like Brian Ennell's and Infinity Knife is a great listen. And it's something like if you want to get him to to expand beyond what he's listening to, I think that's really good. And it's it, in a way that it's different from a lot of like the stuff like, like Ace and the underground stuff. Uh, it's still a very underground record, but it's accessible. And it's like, it's... It's almost poppy to an extent, but the like the lyrics and the messages in it are just like hard truths that are a lot of times uncomfortable. But I think like Brian Ennell's and Infinity Knives King Cobra might be a good one to listen to. Um, you know, I think like probably even like someone like Kendrick, like Good Kid Mad City might be a really good listen. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, different different things like that probably are, are helpful. Um I would I would honestly try to keep them away from like the real dense underground stuff until they have a better understanding of like foundational works um just because I think that's important to have before you dive into that because you see people who just dive strictly into underground and that's the only thing they know and their sort of ideas about what rap can be become really sort of limited and limited in scope and I think it's it's the inverse image of the person that only listens to radio rap. So, you know, try to keep keep um, a good, well-rounded view of things. Um, you know, another thing, if they really like the sort of old school, like that Souls of Mischief record, that first Souls of Mischief record is like a monster record. Um, I think it's, it's really sort of influential of a lot of the underground work that came um, in like the late 90s and early 2000s, but it, it has that, golden error um vibe to it as well and for our fine final question um from the twitter sphere before we get into our emails is from free music empire the homie dano and dano asks uh what artists were you not interested in seeing live but by some circumstance you did and they blew you away so Here's the thing with me, Dano, and and I kind of touch on this in our, our next week's episode, but I don't really like live music. Uh, I don't find it that interesting. Um, I don't like standing around, <laughs> so that's an aspect of it. But um, yeah, I've, I've never been a huge fan of live music. Like normally when I go to shows, it was just to like see friends and drink, um, so it never really moved me like that. I mean, I think like a big stadium concert is cool. Like, um, but I, I'm not, a, I'm not a live music fan. So there's nobody I went, like I barely go to shows to see people I want to see, let alone someone that I'm like, hey, I'm not really interested in seeing. So I unfortunately don't have an answer there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of instances where there's like an artist that I was like, nah, they're whack. And then, I went back to it and I was like, oh no, they're actually really good. Like, you know, I've done a complete Mia Culpa on De La Soul Stakes is High um, because I was like hardcore Balloon Mind State Truther, um, early weirdo De La Tru uh, Truther. And then when it that album came out at the time, I was like, this isn't De La. But I've gone back and it's like, it's a phenomenal record. So th that's more likely to happen to me than me going to a live venue to see an artist. Because like I said, I don't, I don't find that shit enjoyable. So thank you, Dan. And let's go to our second break and uh, we'll be back. 
they thought the nightmare was dead. And buried. They were wrong. Jason lives. Happy Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, part 6. Jason lives. Rated R. Starts Friday, August 1st at a theater near you. All right, let's get to our last two questions, and these are coming from the uh, That Rapper Alaska email. And the first one comes from Jeff Ryan, and Jeff wants to know, uh, he says, what's up, Alaska? I really enjoy these podcasts. My question, uh, you're never hesitant to express strong opinions on Twitter or on the Call Out Culture podcast, even when others might take offense or call you a hater as a result, particularly when discussing rappers and their work. As someone who generally does not tend to do that and sticks closer to the philosophy of if you, have, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on the merits of speaking freely and shooting from the hip, both in general and also in regards to your peers in the hip-hop world. Um, wants to know, do I think of myself as a hater? So I, I don't think of myself as a hater. Um, I don't tend to run around just bashing things willy-nilly um sometimes i do it on twitter for fun but that's mostly just because it's it's amusing um but like i'm never offering unwarranted positions like in my position on call out culture um you know you we look at call out culture as a conversation amongst friends and when you are conversing with your friends, the people that you're close with, the people that you you have these conversations with, you will naturally voice opinions that are going to differ from those that are you're having the conversation with. Like a lot of times that'll happen, and you you won't you won't filter that that position because you're amongst your friends, and that's how how friends speak with each other. So call out culture is very much that, and that's the space where. You know, if I have an opinion on Liquid Swords, I'm going to have that opinion on Liquid Swords. And it's it's between me, Castro, and Zilla. And I know we share that with the world, and, and I get that. There's there's some contradiction to what I'm saying there. But um, one of the things that I think makes call-out culture enjoyable is that being that we're all friends, we have that freedom to have that discussion with one another. And we have each other's backs when it comes to the, you know, if there is a public backlash, which is not because we're not big enough. But um, I think I think being able to express your opinion is important and not in a way that's like mean spirited or um, that, you know, you're trying to hurt someone. But I think it is good to sort of question orthodoxy, right? When we start saying like this is this unassailable thing, we sort of take away any power of one, the individual, but also the, when you, we start protecting things from, from commentary, you're neutering the, the danger of the work, right? Like not everybody's supposed to like everything and it's okay to have those conversations. So, you know, I don't, that's kind of where my idea of coming. So, so like you had asked, you know, is this something that comes naturally to you or did you gravitate to that style over time? Um, I think it, it's always come naturally natural to me when having these types of conversations. Like I'm not like walking down the street in the grocery store and being like, you know, see somebody with liquid sword shirts and be like, that fucking record sucks. Like that's not, 
the way I approach life. But if we're having a conversation about something, I'm going to be honest about it because I think that the person I'm having the conversation with deserves that level of honesty. Like I'm not saying you're an asshole for liking that album, unless you're a Beastie Boys fan. If you're a Beastie Boys fan, you're an asshole. So that goes without saying, but you know what I'm saying in general? Like I'm not, it's not an attack on the person. It's more a commentary on my opinion on a piece of art and art subjective and it, and it should be conversed. Um, it should be talked about in that way. So, um, you also ask like, you know, has this served me well and conversely, has it ever worked against you? Um, I think it, it serves me fine. I don't, I don't think it has helped me or hurt me, um, throughout my life. Like I said, I don't run around on some, when keeping it real goes wrong shit. Um, and I, you know, I tend to have these conversations with friends, like, you know, my friends might think I'm crazy for not liking something, but, um, or for something that I like, but it, it's never, it's never an uninvited question per se. Like even like on Twitter, we're on Twitter to have conversations. So if there's a conversation going on, I'll jump in and add my two cents and then jump out. You know, maybe I'll, I will occasionally offer the unsolicited, uh, opinion on the Beastie Boys fans, but a lot of times those those things are more about annoying fans than they are about the artists themselves. So I, I I think for me the the best way to go about it is just not couching my opinion, and I think that's important. Like I'm I'm a fucking adult. Like I don't really worry about what people think about me, especially people I don't know. Um, I think in a lot of ways that has offered me the freedom to feel more comfortable in my skin. Um, you know, if it's somebody I care about, I don't obviously don't want to hurt them, but I think not giving a fuck about what strangers think is a superpower. Um, and being free to be yourself, even if a stranger disagrees with you, like you don't have to go pick a fight, but you shouldn't like cover up who you are or, you know, be like either a total like introvert who's afraid to speak in public or, conversely like the person that like runs around just starting shit with people for no reason like just be honest and when you're in a conversation be honest about it like that's the that's the way i look at it so thank you for your question that was a really good one and our last question comes from uh nicholas sacco so from the uh sacco and vanzetti group and this is a good one because (laughs) this is going to be it's going to be tough but it basically asks how would I rank the last five presidents based strictly on their ability to fight? So I'm going, let's go backwards. It's Trump, Obama, Bush two, Clinton, and Bush one. So the best fighter hands down in that group is going to be Sorry, there's a dog barking next door, so I don't know if that's coming through. But the best fighter in that group is going to be Bush 1. Bush 1, military experience, member of the CIA. That motherfucker knows how to fight, and he knows how to take you out. And he could do it in all different types of ways. He could use, like, his tie. He has, like, cufflinks that he could, you know, do some shit with. That motherfucker knows how to fight. That dude's James Bond. We saw him when he was old, but if we're talking prime fighting... I'm taking George Bush Sr. the whole goddamn way. Next, I'm probably going with... I'm going to go Bill Clinton. 
Bill Clinton seems like a big dude. He is definitely like, you know, he comes from a poor southern redneck city. That motherfucker had to fight a lot. Um, and I, I'm taking him over Obama strictly because I think he's bigger than Obama. He's a little meatier. Um, Obama seems like he could throw if he has to. He's got that cockiness to him. Um, so, you know, I think, I think he definitely can, can fight too. None of them are going to be in George Bush two league. They're going to be like, if you got into a fight with a bar, they're going to tag you a couple times, both of them. But Clinton has a bit of size. So that's why I'm going to go with Clinton second, Obama third, uh, Bush two will be number four. Cause he was just like the son of a rich kid and a president. He never probably had to fight his own battles, but he did used to drink a lot. So, and do drugs. So based on that, I think he can probably hold his own. My guess is that he probably got fucked up a lot or he took some cheap shots, but I think he could probably at least like manage to land a, land a blow or two before his friends step in and break it all up. But he would be number four. And then the last one is obviously Trump. Trump is a gigantic pussy. Like anybody that acts that tough in public is a pussy. That dude's never fought. If he did, he like had his henchmen with him. Like, you know, there he's like the type of dude in a movie where like his two friends hold you while he punches you and he thinks he won the fight. But he's a pussy. I guarantee you, like if you step to him, you can knock him the fuck out, even in his height, because he's a pussy. He's always been a pussy. He's a bully. He's a wannabe. And Donald Trump's an asshole. Like those types of dudes can't fucking fight unless they have like nine dudes holding you down while then he'll fight you. Like he'll, you know, he'll have his four, four friends holding each of your limbs down while you're laying on your back prone and he'll step on your head. That's, that's a Trump fight and that's a pussy. So our rankings from, from first to worst, Bush one, Clinton, Obama, Bush two, and in a way distant last place, Pussy Trump. So thank you for your question. And that's the last question of this episode. So everyone, thank you again for coming out to this special episode of Ask Alaska. And uh, we're going to take it out with a little bit of horror rap for the holiday season. We're going to play a uh, live evil from the Flatliners who were uh, a Def Jam artist in the 90s, uh, capitalizing on the horrorcore run uh, and being Russell Simmons' nephew or some shit. So thanks again, and I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will talk to you soon. Peace out, y'all. Change tingling, twisted at the core, but the trouble death tells. At times I wanna get live, but you
people rebel I can't stop, my vision blurred I slurred, spitting out phrases of words you never heard So invest in the Bible, a nice selection A creepy collection, but there is no protection Meddling with force that you can't comprehend Infernal powers the bones and the sins underneath So feel the forces of the beast Cranium crisis, I chill with the deceased We get so like you Survive. We get so live, evil, live, evil 